Hello and welcome to this early installment of the Littlest Petcast. I'm your host, James, and today we are going over the episode Super Senil. Now, before I get into this episode, uh, I will clarify one last time that uh, this episode is coming at you early because I am attending KitsuneCon in Green Bay. And on the slightest of chances that you're also coming, uh, maybe say hi. Um, I'm going to be doing my best to cosplay as Dr. Doofenshmirtz from Phineas and Ferb. So, I mean, if you can find me, that would be great. I'd love to say hi to you. But, you know... That is on the slimmest of chances. Now, as for the episode itself, we begin with Sunil cleaning a glass container thinking that it's a filthy window. But Blythe, in fact, tells him that it is an insect farm. So Sunil freaks out and hides under Pepper's tail. That's not as bad as it sounds. So Pepper tells him to get a hold of himself and asks him what the problem is. Sunil says he hates insects, but then goes on to name bugs, just bugs. I know insects are bugs, but he lists some insects and some bugs that aren't insects. Like he lists all of the peds. But that's not what an insect is, and I think any sixth grader will tell you that. Although, considering that this might be for third graders, I don't... I don't know what they think a bug is, or an insect is. But, Blythe reassures Sunil that the insects aren't here yet, so he has nothing to worry about. And then Mrs. Trombley walks in with... The box of insects. However, when she opens them, she can't seem to find them. And this is because there's a hole in the bottom of the box. So Sunil is concerned about what Mrs. Trombley said. And the rest of the pets there noticed that there are insects on Sunil. Like it starts with like an insect on his head. And then there's some ants on his arm, and then there's just a bunch of insects on his back, and other bugs as well. Um, and they're just, like, just crawling around on him, even after he's running around and screaming. He just gets more and more piled onto him. And eventually, the bugs just, like, get to him so much that, like, his screams turn silent to the regular ear but uh, Zoe comes out saying that the sound is incredibly loud and irritating so Russell like the Pwazovich he is comments on how dogs have sensitive hearing that maybe Sunil is screaming at a high enough pitch to where only dogs can hear it so like in the instance of Scooby-Doo, this joke works, because, like, the only animal around for that is Scooby, who's a dog. But in this context, we have six other animals with different levels of hearing on the hearing spectrum that may or may not align with a dog. I don't know. I didn't look it up. But then again, I'm not in charge of writing this show. But that might be something I would look up. So, Russell uh, thinks that maybe Sunil is screaming at that high pitch. But he wants to test his theory. And then, just then, a bunch of dogs run into the shop and just storm the thing. Now, you may have been hearing me, like, comment on, like, two little details that this show 
may have gotten wrong in this opening scene. That was the opening scene. The the next thing that happens in the episode is the uh, intro. But I will just say, like, it doesn't really bother me too much on its own. But, like, the thing is, I know I'm repeating myself when I say this, but this kind of does underline the bigger problem that the show has and that it kind of just lacks consistency with itself. Like, I would be fine with this happening if it wasn't also supposed to be in a realistic setting. Like, My Little Pony can do, like... A lot more than this show in terms of, like, stretching reality. Because it's already a show about, like, talking horses that are the dominant species. Because some of them have magic. And some of them are just really good farmers. And some of them can fly and control the weather. But, like, when you accept that, then there's not a lot that you won't accept. If you accept realistic setting, but a girl can talk to animals, like, you can accept a few other things on top of that, but it kind of goes a little too far. And, like, even though these jokes aren't, like, too bad, like, I I wouldn't care. I don't care. That they mess it up. I hear more that like. It wants us to think. That the whole show is. Consistent in and of itself. And it kind of. Isn't. Like. All of the aspects of the show are great. But like. Putting them together just. Makes the show. Less than the sum of its parts. You know. Like, that's just something I want to get out there. I don't want you thinking, oh, it's just bad animation or bad writing. No, there's a there's a reason I'm, like, pointing some of these out. Like, like you could just call all bugs insects if, like, you were a little less consistent with yourself. And allow yourself to be. Like. That's. That, that's my thing. I don't know. This whole like. New Shira Thing. Is like going around. And like. Right now I'm just like. Caught in the middle between like. Calling out a show. That I think is super dumb. But also embracing it when it is actually good and fun. And both of those things are fine and they're fun. But like it's also dumb. Like I'm not on the like side of the people who are complaining about the Shira reboots. But I also want to just laugh at this dumb thing that I love. And I love it because it's dumb. I'm doing this podcast because it's dumb. If I didn't like the show, I wouldn't do this. Honest. I, like... It takes a lot of time to do these podcasts. And, like, if if I was gonna, like, do something like this for a subject I didn't love or like or find amusing in some way then I don't I don't think I would bother I'm not like fueled by hatred of something I'm fueled by love and confusion I love this show even when it confuses me and that's that's why I'm doing this podcast okay that that tangent took a lot longer than I thought it would but uh, I don't imagine this episode actually taking too long to go through. 
So, uh, Jasper then stops by to see what's up and sees that the pet shop is a mess. Blythe tells him that the shop just went to the dogs. Jasper says it's too bad she doesn't have powers like Super Sam, the comic that he is reading at the time, because she could clean them up with super telekinesis. And then Blythe says that she doesn't have superpowers, but she has super helpful friends and gives Jasper the broom. And apparently Jasper is super helpful because he doesn't say no and does actually help. He sets his comic on the counter and then it falls to the floor. And, like, I, I love that little interaction. It's just dumb friend fun and I love it. Anyway, after some cleaning, Mrs. Trombley finds Sunil in the insect farm trying to protect himself from all of them bugs on the loose. So Sunil gets let out and then tries to hide but bumps into Penny Lang on the way. Penny asks him if he's alright and Sunil opens up about how, like, he feels ashamed that he let a bunch of bugs just scare him to the point of screaming, like, so high only dogs could hear it. And, like, Penny tries to comfort him and say, it's okay, people are afraid, but he just feels like He's just too cowardly and too weak to do anything and be of use to anybody. And he really just feels so pathetic after all of this. And he says he's a chicken and he makes like clucking noises about it. Uh, Penny says that he can't help it if he's afraid of bugs. And Sunil says that he's also afraid of darkness, bright sunshine, paper clips and those little photo display cubes. Uh, Penny wonders about this, and he says that it looks like the people in the photos are trapped, just like I am trapped in this cowardly body. And then uh, he then leaves, but then Penny finds Jasper's comic and comments on how tight the costume is. And then she begins to read it. So, Jasper then says he has to go, saying he's meeting his mom for lunch. And Blythe comments that it's 11.30 already. And says that she's helping young me and Christy out with their food truck, saying that there's a new sandwich item on there. Jasper says it sounds sandwichy and leaves. Again, I love, I love these. I love these little interactions. Uh. So, Vinny asks to come along on the truck. And all of the others, except for Sunil, also want to come along. But Russell, oh Russell, asks everyone to be quiet. And then explains how he's been looking up food truck stuff online. So he's the best companion to go with. And that works. Wow. That is some slime ball shenanigans. Russell is kind of a slimy, slimy person. Uh, but then uh, Russell on the truck proceeds to eat some sweets, and Sugar Sprinkles comments on how he's helping, but helping himself to some delicious sweets. Oh, boy. Oh, God. Sugar Sprinkles, I love you in this episode and all episodes. It's like, you, you are great. This episode is great. Oh, God, I can't even begin. Not yet. We're... We're going to get there. So Youngmi and Christy are talking about Blythe's tip. Uh, Christy asks where she found this tip. And Blythe says she got it from like a tipper. You know, someone who tips and tips and stuff. You know. And then um, 
uh, we go back to the pet shop, and Sunil freaks out because he thinks he sees a bug, but when it comes over, Penny Ling says it's just a dust bunny. Sunil finds himself at an all-time low in terms of self-respect, but then Penny Ling comes up with the legend of El Cobra Cabra. Now, before we go any further, I do want to bring up the etymology of Chupacabra, which Cobra Cabra comes from. So Chupacabra means goat sucker, but the Chupa part means to suck, and Cabra means goat. So essentially, El Cobra Cabra means the Cobra Goat. (laughs) And that is hilarious. I just love it. I I know what they mean. I get it. But, like, a lot of people still made fun of, like, Werehog when Sonic Unleashed came out. Where Were actually meant human. And Sonic's already kind of a human hedgehog already. But they meant to say... Hedgewolf, like this show does. In uh, that one episode, uh, Door Jammed. Uh, I can't, I couldn't remember that for a second because, like, the wolf part, the more interesting part, at least, I think, is the beast story that doesn't have a name. But, like, it's just fun. And, like, it's so good. I don't know. The Cobra Goat. <laughs> but, like I said, I get what they mean. They're they're going for, like, a slayer of cobras. <laughs> Not a Cobra Goat mishmash. <laughs> I know what they mean, but this is too funny. I, lo- I love the idea of a Cobra Goat. <laughs> but, but, I know what they mean. I know what they mean. And... We're going to keep going with that meaning for the rest of the episode. Mostly. I'm still going to laugh. That I can't get over that. Anyway. So, Penny explains that every 100 years, the insects find a worthy soul and transfer their powers to them. You can crawl up a wall like a beetle, have the relative strength of an ant, fly like a fly... And Sunil thinks that sounds crazy, but Penny then asks if he's thinking what she's thinking, and Sunil says he is thinking about handlebar mustaches. Penny says, no, that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking that you, Sunil, are El Cobra Cabra. So then, back in the... Sweet Delight's truck. Blythe is getting more information from Russell, and then she relays the information to Christy. Christy is about to park when a block-long food truck comes barreling in and takes up the entire block, the sweet spot of the block, as it were. Now just an entire block. This is this is amazing. Oh god, I don't know. Uh, man, I haven't edited this part yet or re-listened to it for the purposes of editing, but like a, a lot of the times where I'm saying like this is so good or whatever makes me feel like I'm just trying to cover for myself. When saying like, like I don't, I don't feel that way at all. I I absolutely love the idea of this block long food truck. It's dumb, but I don't care. It's so good. It is it is the most ridiculous thing, and I love it. Uh, I don't know. I I hope you can. Forgive me for these tangents. Uh, 
Because, like, like, none of this is bad. Like, this episode is good. I love this episode. I love a lot of the episodes. But this show has some weird stuff in it. And that's one of the reasons I love it. If it wasn't this weird, if it was just, like, another kids show I don't know if I would be doing this podcast but like it's so good like like it's a it's a block long food truck and it gets even dumber when we investigate it so they go to investigate it and they see that a robot is driving this block long food truck <laughs> so a customer comes over and puts some money in the robot says that the only option is liverwurst sandwiches and the customer picks it and is force fed it and then sprayed with orange soda the customer isn't happy and tries to walk off but the orange soda is too sticky so he has to take off his shoes. So then Blythe pops her head in and sees who else but the Biscuit Twins. <laughs> like, this whole thing is just amazing. The Biscuit Twins are having a robot drive a block-long food truck. So that, well... We'll get to that in a minute. So Young Me questions their business practice of, like, selling little worst sandwiches and just orange soda without a cup. So it just soaks the customer head to toe in orange soda. But the biscuits say that whatever they're selling doesn't have to be good so long as they're the only competition. And that monopolies rule. (laughs) Cripes. Like, like, just as I was really starting to get in on how Russell's not that great, in come the Biscuits advocating for monopolies. Like, Russell... Russell's not great, but he does not advocate monopolies. (laughs) Like, holy crap, Monopoly is not great. Neither are Monopolies. And, uh... Oh, this is just... I just I just love this entire idea. It is, it is the goofy, goofy idea that I love. But... It's not consistent with the back the other part of this episode but we'll get to that like like both of these stories are really good and they come together in the end really well it's just it's just kind of hard to find a balance this is like um the episode lots of luck where like the A story was really heartfelt, and the B story was about kung fu quilting, and also kind of heartfelt, but about kung fu quilting. Like, comedian orangutan is one of those things that I can buy just on the assumption of real, but with a girl who can talk to animals. But kung fu quilting, just a little much, but like, both of them are good. But it is it is odd. So uh after the biscuits explain that monopolies rule, uh a police officer comes by and gives Christy a ticket for parking in the middle of the street. Russell tries to tell them that they will be back shortly, but then the police dog accompanying the officer says how about some friendly advice? But then Sugar Sprinkles goes on to say, Aw, you're so cute. 
and then explains how she's bad at giving advice because it always comes back and blows up in her face and she's not really like that good at it in the first place but then the dog clarifies and says that he's the one that's giving advice uh, uh sugar sprinkles do not change you you are amazing just the way you are although if any character knows how amazing they are and just should just be themselves it is sugar sprinkles <laughs> so um the dog says that uh, to get to the sweet spot, you have to be here at 9.30. Russell says that they could get there early, but the dog says that's not an option because his owner will give him a ticket. And he loves giving tickets. And we see a scene where he's giving everyone tickets and saying, ticket, 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 ticket. And, um, that's not ethical, I don't think. So, the police dog finishes explaining that to get to the sweet spot, you have to get there at exactly 9.30. If they don't want a ticket, or the biscuits monstrosity of a food truck, to get there first. I will tell you, monster food trucks like sounds like a pretty good idea. Although I am a little tired when I'm recording this. So you know we're tossing this up in the air. Anyway. So back to the pet shop later, Russell explains all of this to Blythe and Blythe comes up with a plan to just hide around the corner and then park to get there at exactly 9.30 and uh, Blythe goes to tell young me but then Penny Ling stops Blythe for a minute and asks her to make something Blythe says sure and then asks what it is Penny explains that what she wants is a super suit like this and holds up the Super Sam comic that she found on the ground. Uh, Blythe asks why, and Penny says that it's for Sunil because he's lost his confidence. And Blythe says, do you want to dress up Sunil like a superhero to get his confidence back? Sure, I'm in. And Penny's like, yay! And then asks for a costume for herself as well, because he's gonna need a sidekick. So later, Sunil is moping around when Penny pushes a box to his feet and he trips. Penny feigns surprise about this mysterious box that came out of nowhere <laughs> and pulls out a costume for Sunil. But Sunil says, I'm pretty sure you just pushed that to my feet. And, uh... Penny claims that Sunil is El Cobra Cabra and uh, puts the costume on Sunil or whatever. And then Penny finds a box for herself and puts on the costume claiming to be a sidekick, Pandemonium, which I will admit is a really great name. I am stupid tired right now. I don't know why I'm continuing. Well, I know why I'm continuing, because I need to get this done if I want to get it done. And I'm already in the middle of it, and I don't want to come back to it after a long weekend. You know, it's just, oh, God, this is not... This is... This is not going to be one of the more sounder episodes of the podcast, but, like, honestly... I don't really have too much to complain about. This is a really good episode. So, oh god, where was I? So Sunil says this is ridiculous. But then Pepper is now trapped, in air quotes, on top of the fire hydrant and needs help, in quotes again, so Sunil is scared and says maybe someone else should take care of it. 
Then Minka picks him up and everyone tells him that he is flying. Uh, he's guided towards Pepper and rescues, in quotes again, her. And then Penny reinforces the idea that Sunil is El Cobra Cabra and he starts taking to that idea. And then a song comes on. It's like a superhero e theme song type song about El Cobra Cabra and what he is capable of. And it talks about all of his amazing feats and it kind of shows it to us. But we also see Penny assisting him at every turn. So, like, we kind of know what's up. So, uh, and then at the end, uh, Penny is demeaned a little bit when a voice in the song calls her sidekick Panda. And she corrects them gently to Pandemonium, which is a much better name. So Penny asks if Sunil has his self-confidence back, and Sunil says he does and immediately wants to help who's ever outside. Penny tries to stop him, but he's gone before she can explain anything. So, the next attempt at snagging the good spot is going well, and they're almost there. However, the biscuits show up and are on their tail. Christy races to outmaneuver them, but the biscuits have a plan. They ask Monbad, which at this point we find out that it is Monbad and not just another robot. I guess Monbad is the program? I don't know. Is Monbad the robot or the program? Either way, they ask Monbad to find a better route. And uh, being a robot, he finds a good route and goes that way. And then, and then, he also messes with the stoplights to get there first. He makes it so that they can go when they need to and stop Christy and her food truck when they need to. Which is nuts. Like, these are exactly the worst rich people. That they can just, like, mess with traffic to just get their way. Ah, oh, they are so despicable. I love it. I love how despicable these twins are. Just as the biscuits get to the sweet spot... Sugar Sprinkles observes the officer guiding an owner and a pet across the street and comments on how lovely that officer is, even though he probably gives out tickets like it's going out of style, which is not great. But then Russell and Sugar Sprinkles realize that they can use that to their advantage. So Sunil looks for more pets to help, and he finds a chinchilla who wants a chew toy which is on a top shelf. Sunil says he'll get it, but Penny tries to talk the chinchilla out of wanting the chew toy in the first place. But Sunil says he'll walk up the shelf, and he tries, like actual walking, like like, like, like Batman walking with a grapple, except without a grapple. <laughs> and he tries, and he stumbles a bit, but then Penny Ling supports him and climbs him up there, and he gets it down. And Sunil goes on about, like, you don't need to thank me. That's part of a hero's duty. And then the El Cobra Cabra theme plays again over a montage of Sunil helping others while being helped with these feats. And Penny's called Sidekick Panda again. And again, she corrects them. But now she's tired because she was busy helping Sunil. And she corrects him to pandemonium. So Sunil asks her to go to their secret lair. Penny questions the sudden development. And the lair, it turns out, to be Blythe's room. 
Penny wants Sunil to rest, but Sunil sees a pet in distress and calls Penny Sidekick Panda. Penny corrects him to Pandemonium, annoyed this time. So the trouble they spot is a pig chasing a squirrel while tying up their owner and themselves. Penny wishes someone could help, and Sunil says he'll fly down to save them and jumps out of the building. Penny's like, wait, don't! But... Penny, I will remind you, you did this, and you you were all right. Although, frankly, there were a lot of circumstances that allowed that to work. But I don't know if you have that much of a leg to stand on. Although, to be fair, not wanting your friends to die is a really strong leg to stand on. <laughs> so Penny's costume comes with a utility belt, which has a bungee cord with a uh, thing to grab Sunil and uh, save him from <laughs> falling to certain doom. So uh, it grabs Sunil and she begins to pull him up. Uh, Sunil asks, what's going on? And uh, Penny then explains to Sunil that he never had superpowers and that this was all a ploy to get his self-confidence back up after the whole bug fiasco. And then uh, Penny explains that Sunil did all of those things and was brave the entire time. But then Sunil says he didn't really do any of them and his self-confidence plummets back down. So, in the pet shop... Russell is going over the plan with everyone, and he says he'll need everyone's help. Sunil says that you won't need my help because I'm just like, eh. But Penny Ling drags him in anyway and says he's part of the team, and everyone cheers because he is part of the team, dang it. So, like, Russell goes over the plan, and then the next scene, plan is in motion. So... Blythe and the pets are at the first crosswalk, and they cross. Monbad stops, and the biscuits question this, but Monbad informs them that they can't go when people are crossing. So they're just fine with breaking laws to manipulate traffic lights, but murder is where they draw the line. I mean, that's that's a good line to draw, <laughs> But still, maybe don't mess with, you know, stoplights. <laughs> Anywho, Blaith gives them a snide look and continues. Monbad then has to turn around because some cars just came up and it's blocking the way. And Russell wants to beat it to the next intersection. He communicates with Sugar Sprinkles using his earpiece and he starts with radio jargon and sugar sprinkles takes a liking to this and then just continues to use as much radio jargon as she can she sees the biscuits uh like a block away in between the buildings and continues to use radio speak until russell yells at her then she says you know where they are so blythe and company beat them to the intersection again and are crossing again and the biscuits are enraged, so they come up with a plan. They turn their food truck around, which is weird because it's a block long. So how do they fit it sideways in a street? I know how they fit it long ways. I don't know. It's it's odd, but but they do this. So that they can pelt Blythe and the pets with the orange soda to slow them down. And uh, the Biscuits condescendingly say that she looked like she needed some refreshments. <laughs> so, Christy is trying to get there, but the Biscuits are gaining. And, uh, like... Blythe and friends and the pets. I guess the pets are our friends. 
I'm just saying that because I don't want to have to edit that out. Uh, are almost at the crosswalk, but they can't move because of the soda. Uh, Penny says that El Cobra Cabra could save the day here. And Sunil says that he's not El Cobra Cabra, but then realizes that he is Sunil. Sunil asks Penny to scare him. Penny is reluctant, but Sunil says it's for the plan, and Penny roars at him. Sunil screams at the dog pitch, and Zoe can't handle it. Then a storm of dogs comes by, blocks the biscuits, and Christy gets to the spot. And the best part is the biscuits complain about how unfair it is when you have a freaking block-long food truck with a robot driver and the ability to manipulate traffic lights. Oh, God, you two are awful. You two are the most awful. Anyway, uh, Christy and Young Me dance about uh, getting the spot at the time that they could. So, the Sweet Delight's truck is booming because it's not liverwurst and sticky orange soda. And uh, Blythe and the Pets apparently come back after having washed themselves off miraculously. Even Blythe's clothes are clean. So Blythe commends Sunil and Zoe says he does have an amazing talent with his screams. Except he already has amazing talents, but you just don't acknowledge him. He is clairvoyant. He can teleport things. He can do all of that other stuff that I kind of forgot and I don't want to look back at because I'm a little tired and we're almost at the end of the episode. So I kind of just want to get this done, but you get my point. You know what I mean. And this might seem nitpicky, but it really isn't. I might joke about him being a mutant, but whether or not that's true, in those previous episodes, he had those powers. Like, there's no ambiguity about that. He did teleport. He was clairvoyant. He has these magic powers. But you didn't acknowledge that before, and you don't seem to acknowledge that for the rest of the series. And, like, it's that whole consistency thing. Like, if the show didn't want us to take its consistency at face value, like, if it wanted us to think that this show is consistent then it's not consistent. If it didn't want us to think it's consistent, if they just wanted to show, like, delightful stories that might have a through line, but, like, overall are kind of inconsistent, then that that would work better for stuff like this and stuff like this episode in general, but it just doesn't. Like, I'm not saying I don't like any of this. I liked the teleporting. I liked the clairvoyance. I liked the supersonic screams. But, like, they're acting like Sunil only has one at a time. He might. Like, what, what if? I'm just thinking of this now. No, wait. It would have to be for a week. I was thinking a day, but but what if for whatever period of time Sunil has the power of someone else? So so that 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 is his mutant ability, which is still really overpowered. But it might make this a little more consistent. <laughs> so what I'm thinking right now 
is that for extended period of time, episode convenient extended period of time, which I'm okay with, uh, Sunil has the power of a random person in the world. Now, sometimes this can be a normal person who doesn't have powers. And that would explain his lack of power elsewhere. But sometimes he can actually teleport or he actually is clairvoyant but bad with numbers. And sometimes he's just banshee. And that's that's an interesting headcan headcanon accepted, okay. But you get you get my point. If I didn't whatever. You get my point. Without that, it doesn't make sense. With it, it makes a lot of sense and it's really fun and stuff. So back to the episode. Sunil thanks Penny Ling for actually doing the work of scaring him. But Penny still thinks that that was brave because it was risky because how would he know he can get it back up to that pitch? Sunil is like, if it didn't work, I'd just be a silly screaming mongoose. But Penny dubs him Supersonic Sunil. And Sunil says that she is still his sidekick panda. But then everyone corrects him angrily, but then they all laughed it off. So... Uh, I mean, I just got done with a bit of it, but I do want to talk about the consistency of the show a little more. Like, oh wow, we're already 46, almost 47 minutes in, but I don't care. Like, the show isn't horrible. By any means, most of the time anyway, but like... It does feel a bit inconsistent. Like like the the two sides of this episode are good and how they come together is good, but like one side is kind of a serious er story about like how toxic toxic masculinity is because after Sunil expresses extreme emotion he feels like he's not so much of a man anymore but then when he gets like his self-confidence back he thinks a little too highly of himself so like this whole like figuring out how to be himself and have confidence in himself while also managing to express emotion like he can at the end was really cool and it's a really interesting narrative and finding out the through line between how toxic masculinity can affect you without letting it affect you and Penny just helping out every step of the way like trying to get Sunil to see the good in him is really great and I love it. And then the beast story is just ridiculous. But both sides are amazing. And like the way they come together, it's amazing. But at the end of the day, it just like they're not wholly consistent it's like watching an expert breakdancer and then an expert can-can dancer right next to each other both of them are great but they're great in such different ways that the styles just kind of clash a little and that's like the whole thing with this show but I love that and I don't like it at the same time it's it's really weird it's really confusing I'm doing this podcast to make it seem less confusing to myself at least but honestly I think I'm realizing at least with this episode 
and some other episodes that maybe like the whole confusing aspect is part of the charm of the show it's it's really really interesting to see like a break dancer and a can-can dancer just on stage next to each other like who thought of this but why am I still watching and enjoying all of it and why does it almost fit it's amazing and weird and fun and stupid and all of these mixed emotions that just like you don't find in too many other shows or any other show I don't think like like MLP I love My Little Pony don't get me wrong but like I wouldn't say that it has a mixture of emotions for me it has all of the right emotions for me a mixture like Littlest Pet Shop feels like something completely different I don't know I'm tired I'm probably not explaining this the best I can and uh, it's Thursday as of right now when I'm recording this when I started on Wednesday recording so I think I'm just gonna end it here cause like I don't know I'm just gonna be talking in circles otherwise so that will be it for this episode of the Littlest Pet Cast be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Shout Engine, on Apple Podcast, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go, when they can turn on and off whatever stoplights they can. And join us next time for the episode Sweet Pepper. I will see you then. Incidentally, if the legend of El Cobra Cabra was real, the uh, overall term I would give the powers that come with it would be bug for all.